Hello folks and welcome to What's The Scene. This is the show about shows, or more accurately, a podcast about movies. I'm Adam Jacobs and join me and Jonathan Hewitt as we look through the lens at some landmark films, and by lens I mean the bottom of a red wine glass. You can play along, see if you can guess What's The Scene. Oh, I don't know what. We've bitten off quite a bit to chew this time, folks. Welcome to What's the Scene. My name's Adam Jacobs. And John Hewitt here. Oh, this is a good one. This is going to be exciting. Oh, really looking forward to this one. It is. There's there's more lunatics in this one. I think Hollywood uh, uh, has supported the lunatics. They they are crawling with them in this one. Now, this this is a bit of a remake, this one. We shouldn't say too much. But it wasn't the first time they sort of approached this character, I don't think, was it? Hmm. Oh, I don't know. We'll have to Google that one. Ooh. It's, a, it's something to do with the dragon. Oh, there we go. <laughs> okay, let's yep. get straight into it, folks. We're going to give you some clues, mm-hmm. and you get to have a guess and for you play the game yourself, and maybe you can guess what the scene. scene. All right, I'm going to start. Um, there are blank spaces on the wall where there used to be drawings. Mm, that's not bad which have been spirited away yes but for by as some kind of punishment mm. and uh, and with the promise ultimately that they might get replaced with an actual view that's it of that's... a t- of turns absolutely as he says uh, as our char- character says memory is what i have instead, <gasps> of, instead of a view Oh, that's a great clue. Mm. I don't think we've given it away just yet, though, because there's lots of oh, there's lots of catchphrases. The whole script is really just a whole series of catchphrases that people just, you know, you. you it's a belter. You, you, it would, it, no it would, one in the world who doesn't know certain uh, catch lines from this. That's movie. exactly right. It's almost as bad as Shakespeare. Every other catchphrasey sort of idiogrammic thing that we come out with comes from Shakespeare. Well, this film is full of them as well. And um, what can we say about the other thing? Oh, it's a room with two people, mm. but not very, together. Very, oh. se- very separate, and yet very, very cozy. It's, very cozy, isn't it? It's uh, mm. you. You feel that there's a wall or an invisible pane between them, which is indeed could be glass. It could be, uh, but I yes, but it probably isn't either, is it? Because that would be too. Well, the thing is with this guy is that. You don't really know when you're with him whether it's the stuff is there to protect you or to protect him because mm. I tell you what, he's uh, – well, I won't say any more than that because that will definitely give it away. Mm. But one of them comes from the south. How's that? Yes, and, and one of them sounds like uh, an English, I'm thinking. <laughs> does a little bit, yeah. He does. I think he's got uh, that English accent and it's that very clipped English accent. Proper. But, uh, it's very proper, and it's an accent that is in the back of the throat. Yes. And, and uh, he doesn't let too much away. A bit like the way Sting sings. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's got a bit of it's a slightly na- – there's a bit of a nasal – not as bad as John Lennon, but there's a bit of nasal, and it's like uh, 
Uh, I can't, you can't even say anything in that voice because yeah. it's just instantly going to give it away. Well, it does. It's a bit like Donald Pleasance. You know, uh, you, you know a Donald Pleasance. Come, come, Mr. Bond. <laughs> you, you, you enjoy killing as much as I do. Casablanca. Casablanca. You despise me, don't you? <laughs> you despise me. I need some help. <laughs> it's so go so easily into Ren and Stimpy voice, doesn't it? It does. Uh, it is very <laughs> Much rain, isn't it? You idiot! (laughs) You idiot! (laughs) We were saying before the podcast started that they're just dating us. All this Ren and Stimpy business. I'm going to say, if for the young younger viewers, I know we have thousands of them. Go and watch the show. You know, Ren and Stimpy. Uh, If you haven't seen Ren and Stimpy, hunt it down on YouTube. It's absolute classic. It is a classic. In the army, there was one with her in the army, and and you think these two two characters in whatever terms should not be anywhere near put in an army context, but it was just great. Is it the one where you get the where Ren Stimpy gets his tongue shaved? Oh, it could be, but but anything happens in that. But I like it when the sergeant, you know, the the, the sergeant, uh, his head comes out of a tank, and it surprises them as it does us. Um, if anything it was, um, you know, Salvador Dali would have clapped if he saw it would that. have. And there's not much by way of pop culture appreciation in this film, except for the psychopath. The well, I mean, there's, oh, there's plenty the of music behind the psychopath. Oh God, it's so. God, it's so what well is that chosen. Song, you know, and he dances. There's a great dance to it too. And he's and you think he's Classic a happy dance. psychopath. You know, he's a busy boy, and he's got his sewing machine out. And oh mm. lord, he loves that. He loves that uh, '80s sort of clean psychedelic uh, kind of trans, trans electronic. Tran- trans is, is probably trans as, is as good great, as anything, isn't it? That's you know? a good giveaway. on all levels. Yes. Mm. Um, all right. Okay. Let's not leave anyone in doubt for much longer. And if you haven't worked it out already, folks, we're talking about a character by the name of Clarissa. Good evening, Clarissa. Clarissa Darling. And another chap who's floating around in the in the bowels of some dungeon by the name of Hannibal, Hannibal Lecter. Lecter. And the same we're talking about is Quid Pro Quo. Yes, in Silence of the Lambs. And, um, you know, one of one of four books, I think, that was done, uh, was written. Um, mm. And I liked, um, uh, yes, I, 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 in, in regard to Hannibal, I love the quote uh, about um, Ridley Scott, who was, uh, you know, going to consider the movie, says, I don't know anything about elephants. So that was his his extent of Hannibal uh, love, uh, but it is an interesting name, uh, Hannibal, isn't it? Hannibal well, Cannibal. It, it makes perfect sense when you when you say it like that. It's been uh, it's been used for the uh, for descriptive purposes. It's a bit like Maximilian and these other. You kind of go, mm. is that a name or is it sort of like a word? You know, yes. for a long time I thought oligarch was just somebody's last name, but no, it's yeah. not the case. Well, it's his uh, full name, Oligarch. Ollie. <laughs> last I thought, name. That can't be Russian. Gark. It's like Otolingo. Otolingi, you know, I keep thinking, well, he, obviously he's Austrian. So you get it wrong, you know. You, it's it's like one of those, yeah. It's um, it's one of those words that uh, could be so, the surname uh, and the first name all in one go. Who knows? It, it could be all describing something else. A bit like, well, because the approximation with the rhyme, of cannibal was, you know, it can't be ignored. Of no. course, we know that Hannibal is a cannibal. Uh, Hannibal's a cannibal. That's another. <laughs> that's a song too. Is no, it? No, well, uh, nearly. Well, I think we should knock it out. <laughs> if After, it is. After this gig, we'll get straight on it. If it isn't, I wonder, 
I wonder if Anthony Hopkins is available. He could be a front man for our Hannibal. <laughs> <laughs> We will all be in, um, you know, uh, the, his um, uh, dust jacket. You know, it's, he's got he's got that particular dust jacket. Which reminds me of Alec out of uh, Clockwork Orange. You know, he's behind the glass yes. in this, and I love mm. the way the glass has little little um, poke you know, holes in it. You yeah, know, so for the air to come out or whatever. And it it just seems like he's a hamster. Yeah, well, he does yell at yell through them quite effectively. It's, it's, but I like the way that they're just high enough that he has to, if he wants to go yelling stuff for Clarice, which he does quite a bit, he he'll whisper quietly to her conversations about turns and islands with no view and yes. paintings and and how there's this cycle psycho babble about you know what it is that Buffalo Bill is actually doing with all these poor damsels. And then when it comes to the rubber meeting the road, and he actually has to tell her something practical to help her down the down, down the down the business end of catching this dude, he like waits to the very last second. Then he runs up to the glass and he screams through the little hole. You're looking for a guy who's about six foot tall and he's got he's blonde hair. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, he does that to the senator. You know, later he on. does. He does. Because um, you know, she's about to turn away, and she says, "Get this thing away from me." And then when she turns off, he says, "If he's six foot four, no, 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 no." And 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 everyone sort of darts off because they know who the, he's talking about. Yeah, writing and, it down, scribbling it. And then that, that remarkable thing, and and Senator, love your suit <laughs> with that little flick. No one does a flick of the eye like uh... Anthony Hopkins. I mean, oh, his eyes, um, they're fantastic. They can be fantastically dead. Um, witness him as the butler in um, Remains of the day. day where he looks like he's poleaxed half the time and has to uh, gather his thoughts. Mm. He goes into that middle distance, and he's got a bit of it here. I mean, he's perfect for this. Oh, gosh. No one now. wanted to do this because it was just such an ugly character, but Hopkins can do it because he's such a, a great actor, and he doesn't care. You know, he he thinks that every you know every character is up for grabs, um, and he um, he just mm, well recently I know he's getting on quite a bit, but he sort of uh, reminis reminisces about acting. <laughs> you know, I yeah. mean, I don't think he's retired, but he says it's sort of like a hobby really now for me because he loves his piano. He plays heaps of piano, yeah, and he loves his painting. He loves his you know he does his little um well not little they're big and they're beautiful actually impressionist. Yeah, modern art, something or other. I forget I exactly. Look that up. You see, this is it. This is a learning uh, podcast. Oh folks. yeah, yeah. everything. Uh, you know, as as he's uh, a one, he's a man you can love in many ways. A bit like Ricky Martin. I, I think he's one of the uh, again. He's one of the, the great actors um, who who can do uh, great lunatics and, uh, and and he does. So everything he does yeah. is considered. Uh, it comes from inside him. You were again. It's one of those uh, actors that you can look at his face and hear it. Hear the the character thinking inside it rather than yeah yeah. You, know, you can't get that from Top Gun. <laughs> but, it, but it got um and, and i would say you know for nothing it got the big five like you got the oscar for the yeah. best picture and him yeah and that's actress, right jody got one uh director and screenplay not bad one of three in all time wow i'm trying i was just trying to think because I, I thought i came across another one to one five one flew over the cookies nest oh, the right. and the other one happened one night which goes i think it's probably clark gable I'm ah yeah, that's uh, nine thirty-five or something. So it's so there's a little bit of you know cinema, you know, um, esoteric for you folks. Yeah. So this and and this yeah. film deserves it because it's a great oh, yeah. screenplay. And you know what? In in watching it again, one thing I did notice 
my recollection of it, because it has been some time, uh, is not dissimilar to 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 what I actually saw when I watched it again recently, which is strange mm. because I find that often I've added a lot of stuff to movies and changed things around and, and moved like everyone does. We have the misheard lyric type of syndrome where we mm. think the lines were certain delivered a certain way and we think, yeah. you know, like everyone... Bald-headed thinks, woman um, um, by the Bee Gees. Yeah, bald-headed woman. Yes, and, right. uh, more, than, more, more than a woman. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, or, I've been listening to that forever. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's right. And also, uh, in fact, I, I, I actually think they should actually re- rename it "Bald Headed Woman." Yeah, be done with it. I thought it was just some sort of awareness campaign. I was for alopecia. 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 You know what happens then? Well, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I, I but we don't I'm, want to draw attention to this, folks. We're, so we're, we're moving on, and we're allowed to talk about it, both of us, because we are losing our hit. So oh, yes, yes. that's permission granted. No, but you know, everyone thinks. E.T. phone home. Well, no, he never said that. He said E.T. home phone. Right. We never remember it like, you know, like it actually is in the movie. But anyway, this. I Have remember. you ever noticed that aliens always talk in Latin? Luke. You know, <laughs> <Luke>. <laughs> you know very much with the force you are. <laughs> not. You know, no, no, no. <laughs> you end I mean, with you the are. Verb. You end with the verb. Oh, you are not. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding, Luke. No, kidding, but, no, um, no, 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 kidding. That's, just. that's, that's the thing. Aliens he obviously say, have, have gone back from, from uh, you know, Rome uh, around, uh, uh, you know. Um, well, that's, it's German, G- Germanic. Oh, no, it's that, that as well, yeah. yeah it's it's like watching a Bergman movie. You know, everyone listens very, you know, patiently to the end of the sentence. So you can't really have that, you know, who's afraid of Virginia <laughs> Woolf, you know, where everyone's talking over each other. You know what I mean? Oh, it, God, no. They're diametric opposites. Uh, so you couldn't have an argument if you were in ancient Rome. Um, because <laughs> you would have to wait, um, you know, <laughs> politely for the verb to come. Oh, gosh. Anyway, yeah. that's just me. We'd have to go back. They're stand-up philosophers, didn't they, back in those days? Well, they do. do you do stand-up philosophy yourself? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I do stand-up philosophy. I know about, you do. About coming from Tasmania. No, well, I should, I should tell people that I'm a stand-up comedian. I talk a lot about Tasmania. I tell dumb jokes to strangers about being in Tasmania in pubs. So, mm. anyway. Now, that's a tough gig, folks. Uh, well... Sometimes, <laughs> but, it We're, but nothing's but uh, nothing that um, Hannibal Lecter couldn't uh, couldn't deal with in, in his stride, mm-hmm. which he has, and he does get the chance to stride out, and it's a beautiful swagger he displays right at the very end of the film, and mm-hmm. must admit it is nice, isn't it funny? Now, he looks this is good the in a wrinkled linen suit, um, very very um, yeah. hard to do uh, when he plonks on his uh, <laughs> not the fedora, it's a. Uh, what is it? Uh, you know, they're straw hats. And, and then disappear yeah. into the crowd. But we actually digress. I'd like to talk about, we should talk about the, the actual scene. Actual, well, we should, the scene that was, well, that's one thing I was going to say, because yes, at the very end of the film, and it is a bit of a spoiler, mm-hmm. but he does sort of fly free our Hannibal Lecter. But mm-hmm. the first scene that we see him in is this uh, quid pro quo. Um, is it quid pro quo? That's the first one? Maybe it's not. That's it. that's, no, he says, yes. Um, she talks about turn. You know, there are yeah. turns, turns there. She's got this great um, Judy Garland, shh, you know, she says, uh, <laughs> it, you know, it's like, a, it's a lisp, it's a shush, yeah, I call she it. Does, she yeah, does, she does. She calls it a, you know, a, sure. a, you'll like it there, it's, it's always like that. And yeah. I think uh, it's, it's um, there's something about lisps, and Bob Dylan used to favour it as well. You know? Well, and, and Sean Connery. Oh, of course, who was actually offered this movie. He said, no, it's too revolting. I'm not taking it. So there you go. Oh, my God. He could have had two of them going, 
to each other. <laughs> just, like, what did you say? <laughs> you wouldn't be able to see the, each other because all the perspects would be covered in spit. Well, yeah, exactly right. You'd have to wipe it off. But anyway, the thing, the good news about that is that Hannibal Lecter is actually wearing a cleaner's suit. So he well, can just... isn't that great? Yes, the boiler suit is. is yeah. And uh, it is. It is very. Uh, you know, it's it's. There's nothing academic about it, but um, it it is uh, it is is what he's doing. He's like his his whole ego as a doctor is stripped away. Yet he still has that intelligence. And this is the thing about about mind you, the boiler suit increasingly is, intelligent. Yes, indeed. Yes, he is a most emotionally intelligent actor for sure. Mm-hmm. Easiest actor to watch. You never have to go filling in gaps or put your house or, on him. or wondering. You know, saying to yourself, it's a bit overplayed there, mate. You know, just kind of fall back a little bit. Which is interesting. I was watching an interview with, um, oh, who's the Forrest Gump actor? Jesus, that's terrible. I can't remember his name. Uh, yes. That guy. Yeah. Anyway, he was saying how the first three days of shooting Forrest Gump, they said, the director came to him and said, we're canning all of it. We're getting rid of all of it because you're overdoing it. It's too much. You know, you're too much Forrest. Yeah. So he said, we want less forest and more gump or something. I don't know well, how he put it. This is it. It's a bit like, um, you know, the great actors like um, oh, Burton and uh, Richard Burton and um, uh, Liz Taylor. Oh, you know, well. Yeah. They were, you know, it was Who's big, afraid of Virginia Woolf? It's a big screen, you see. And so uh, and Burton mm-hmm. said about uh, Liz Taylor that, you know, she underacted. So that you don't have to do a lot because it's so amplified by the camera. That's exactly right. Yes, and that's the thing with this film as well because it's actually a very small film, and we don't we don't think that we think because FBI and jets flying across the country to go to one state to another to, to find knock on that door to be deceived and uh, only to realise oh, that all that twist and all that, twist. And I mean, all that. but mm. we think but when you it's look a bit at the actual, little movie, isn't it? it? Because is. everyone's in in jail or yeah. you know is is being held captive in some way. And when you consider how the logistics of it and what was actually involved, they're very there's there's a there's a concentrated number of set setups and sets. Yeah, there's limited. A lot of effort has gone into making those look a little bit bigger than what they are. Mm-hmm. There's um, and there's you know there's not never a. I think the most crowded scene in the whole thing is that right at the end when the FBI graduates are all given their little certs and badges mm. you know chocolate watches slung on I, slung on their chests i love the chocolate watch i think that there was very good you could unwrap them and eat them and i think it would be terrific <laughs> that's good well, but you know you'd always be late exactly, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> time, time is uh, but the, the thing about the uh the actually uh when when you're in watching uh, hannibal uh because you meet him for the first time in this uh you know, which you, you know, a turn. There are turns there on the yes, side. and this is the. I was going to say and, something. And, and about all the camera it. things. It's called the up up the nose shot. <laughs> and it, and the cameras and the uh, the the uh, it's thrown wide open to well, the equivalent of f two or something like that uh, for, for for photo lovers. So everything is just his his face, and then even his shoulders are out of focus. And certainly, so you cannot help like uh, uh, Starling to look at him. I mean, it's almost like yeah. thing. he draws in reality. He's the black hole. Uh, he's the one of, of focus and you cannot get away from him. And I love those shots. Yeah, Kubrick absolutely. Kubrick uses them all the time. The dastardly, the dastardliness of him is very, very much revealed and enhanced because of the cinematography, definitely. Mm-hmm. And what, what we do in this first scene, which makes us even appreciate the very last scene as he swaggers off in, in pursuit of his dinner. <laughs> um, I'm having what, a friend for lunch. I'm having a friend for lunch. Is um what what we do get with that first scene 
with him and the cell and Starling is we get to like him. And for some reason, we want him well, to be that, free. That's you, folks. At the end. This is my mate Adam and his uh, choice of friends, and I'm one of them, so <laughs> be, be very worried. Don't come to dinner with father beans. <laughs> that's good. Well, you know, one thing about um, my liver, I wouldn't be drinking, I wouldn't be eating my liver. Um, not that I've abused it too much, but you know what I mean. <clears throat> I've probably got a lung that's okay. <laughs> well, <Why not? laughs> lungs, well, at least you've got one. Um, but I, 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 I guess in future movies, brains come into it as well. I, think that, uh, I mean, you, you can see, see the other one. Yeah, Delorentis did a, a ripper. Um, that's fantastic. Uh, the thing about Florence is he can afford to do um, to get those scenes in Florence because he's got the uh, the background for it. It's a, it's a bit like uh, the leopard, you know, the all the scenes that were done, uh, you know, in that film. You have to have connections. Anyway, we're talking about another film now. We're actually moving further and further away from this. But well, what, is... I love, what I love about this is that she she comes in with a Judy Garland, you know, voice and. Uh, uh, and 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 he's plumbing her, you know. He says, uh, uh, you know, the, she's behind the, the the glass, which is so clean. It's almost as if you could. There was nothing in between them. That's what yeah. it that it's uh, coziness, if you like. I uh, think I think in the in the crew list, the um, perspex the, cleaner is it gets the top billing. Well, he probably and deserves, he deserves he it. Deserves it. Got an Oscar. Uh, yeah, I'm not well, sure if they give them for that. Now, you know how they've got the off, they've got the day before, or they've got the off stage Oscars they give out. No, the... so there's a there's a, a window cleaner there, yeah, yeah. They have the they have one for um, especially because it's really hard when you've got cars on trailers and you have to you drive them through the streets of LA, you know, mm-hmm. and you want um, Jeff Goldblum to look um, as, as radiant as he does. You know, you need someone, another one can... of my favorite actors. Oh, I don't yes. know why. He's, only, he's only done a couple of movies, but The Fly. You know, and uh, and those and those uh, cleaners, those they probably double as continuity um, people as well, because you know, if you if you if you don't know where your mozzie splat is, then you're not a continuity uh, artist. You know, it's, absolutely. It's, that's my well, the point. continuity artist artist in the old days was uh, was hilarious because of the cigarette that would, would grow and shrink and grow and shrink and grow and shrink. You know, that was that was the problem. So, but everyone smoked in those days. You don't have to do that now. So so it's no one's out of the uh, you know. No one smokes in this movie. Yeah. Oh, gosh, especially Hannibal. And he, I tell you what, in this scene, when we first see him, he does wear that baller suit very, very neatly. He's portly in it. But Is he it? looks yeah. like he could, um, you know, um, kill someone and eat them. You know, I, you, you're never in any doubt that he's got the capability, but he's uh, he's got a bit of a tum-tum in it, and it, and it doesn't matter. He's got his hair slicked back, and that's the other thing that makes him just a shade creepy. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't does. need to. You don't have to put, uh, you know, um, a greasy men stuff through your hair, but he does it anyway. Why? We don't know, but it just makes him look creepy. And he's got that skull indentation or scar or something that comes right down from the top of his head all the way down mm. the side of his face. It's just, uh, yeah. you know. It, 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 that role came to him at just his just the right age. He was just old enough to be, uh, I don't know, weathered a little bit, a little bit sort of, you know, there's academic types who get old, old, have a certain kind of um, weariness around the eyes, 
Mm. But at the same time, he's, 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 they're bright and they're sparkly, so he's not too old. It's, yeah. No, you know, it's, it's perfect. Mm. He's, um, I, I love the, uh, the commentaries that other people come to, which I always avoid. But, uh, you know, some people claim that he's, he's channeling, you know, Truman Capote, which is fair enough, Catherine Hepburn and, <laughs> and Hal <laughs> from 2001, <laughs> which we haven't done. Anyway, but that's oh, uh, we work this uh, out as we go along. What are you doing, Dave? I could yeah, I could a picture him saying that. Yes, it's uh, that. open the pod door. I can't do that, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Dave. I you know, if that it. movie had been Australian, it would have been very different. Well, really. wasn't he very good? That Australian, what's with the, mm. what's Again, with the Australian. bloody door, Dave? Yes, I opened the door. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Uh, any <laughs> but um, Jodie Foster, uh, we're talking we, uh, we're talking about her, but you know uh, she was. Uh, when you think about it, when she she came a long way from playing uh, Iris uh, in Taxi Driver. Taxi, she certainly did. So and she's not afraid of the um, of the grim parts. She certainly is grim with her choices. Uh, she was at that stage anyway, but that sort of came to her taxi drive taxi driver. And mm. but you know in, in the in the most confronting of the scenes in Taxi Driver where she's dancing with the pimp in the hotel oh, in the hotel room, sport. You know she was not allowed to do it. Her mum said no. Right. So someone else had him around the waist. Yep. It was yep. her sister. Oh, there you go. There you go. That's and right. Because from, she, from the same mum seems a bit um, counterintuitive. That well, the sister was older. And she oh, felt that that was appropriate. How old was Jodie Foster when she did Taxi Driver? Oh, I don't know. What, 13, 14, I think. I believe it was 14. Yeah. But she didn't. Uh, and I she's mean, so mm, thin and gangly oh. with those big, cloddy, coppy uh, shoes. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Great movie. We've done that, haven't we? Yeah. We have um, done ta yep, Taxi so Driver. Something, something I remember talking to. about how the, the whole end sequence was uh, by the senses, it were, all the colors were muted. Um, it's a phantasmagoria of, of gore, yeah. isn't it? and and they lost the original that didn't have the muted colours. So oh. all all there is now is just the unless they go back and CG and enhance it. The the only is the celluloid version exists only with the muted colours um, as a consequence of the censorship. That? that is just disgraceful. Yep. Well, anyway. there's a lot of, lot of movies that are, you know, that have been lost because, um, you know, the, you know, color film uh, dissolves, and um, and and this is why um, Scorsese, you know, shot Raging Bull in black and white because he says I'm going to keep it, I'm yeah, not going to have, right. it, have it dissolve. It was his fight against Kodak and all those, um, you know, film companies because they dissolve, they end up as pulp in the well, cans. Yeah, and because, so this is why people then... scour the worlds in order to put films together. C like a star is born, James Mason, though, I watched it the other day, and there are there's stills in there while the soundtrack goes over. Not good enough. No, no, it's not good enough. That, that's all very well and good if you're, you know, you're some sort of um, hippie fringe type sort of of avant-garde trailblazer. But, you know... <laughs> <laughs> it's only only that, that's that's a one-time deal that one exactly you only, you only get to shoot it once and if it's put in there so the archiving of films and this is uh you know we could be in australia but the archival uh, in, uh, situation in australia is appalling yeah um, and um you know money has to be put in this otherwise you lose it forever that's right i mean uh, things like that i think most of the uh, most of the celluloid is archived in duggo's fridge he hasn't plugged it in for seven years. Have you? Yeah, Duggo has. A, yeah, he had a big freezer. 
<laughs> he did have a he big freeze in there. Oh, this. Oh, anyway, the, but, but anyway, the, the, the we digest. Di- we, we digest. Di- we digest. Yeah, but um, I like the way that he says quid quid pro quo. I can never say that properly, but I just said it properly. So quid pro quo, you know. <laughs> um, he says, "Tell me about yourself." And I love the way that, that he she says, uh, "My father died." Da, 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 da. But what I love about um, you know Hopkins and the way his eyes move is that, or the cut that the, that they're doing, of course, because it's all cutting. But he says, uh, "And my mother died when I was very young," and his eyes shut with a kind of pleasure, yeah, like a wince of pleasure that he knows. Uh, how to get at her, uh, which also does in later scenes where you know he plums um, her uh, accent. He says, West Virginia, you're from West Virginia, and he goes into a sort of S kicker uh, accent yeah. himself, you know, the cheap yeah, shoes and you know, uh, what all the boys fumbling in the back of you know, he knows uh, how to get under uh, people and weaken them, yeah. And he, and he sort of sets them up to come back with some sort of you know, defense or uh repartee which which clearly he's going to shoot them down like he's yeah. he's not really he never up. meets he never meets an equal in this in this first version first um film in the series that's right well he knows he's these is thrill me with your acumen <laughs> darling you know he, he i mean he we know that he's the most um you know intelligent man in the room which is always a problem i've always thought of you know men who think they're the most intelligent and that's their weakness because they think that the most intelligent person in the room when you know there's always someone more intelligent mm. anyway that's just me i mean accidentally i have i have occasionally been the most intelligent man in the room and that was just terrible. it's not hard to do for you oh well i was just uh, well it depends you know i come from um <clears throat> Interesting. Tasmania. Uh, roots. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he, he talks about. But let about... me just tell you, when it comes <clears throat> to being the most intelligent man in the room, I don't recommend it. I, I don't recommend no. it. It's not, no. it's not, it's not, it's a very unerving feeling. You, you feel like there's. Uh, everyone's looking at you, they're waiting for you to say something witty and, um, yeah. and charming. And, and then, uh, uh, I mean, all I remember saying is, well, we should go to the fire exit. <laughs> Come on, beautifully put. I mean, that's that's a you know a, a, a no brainer, really. I, I shouldn't say that in the in the same context. Yeah. Oh, that's true. But I like the way he, um, he he talks down to her so well. He says, uh, yes. uh, "It's a moth." He finds it's a moth. Was it was it a, was it a butterfly? And, yeah. and he does that in order to to get her to say moth. So mm. he's ahead of everything all the way. Is that, because, criminal is that because criminal minds do? Is that because he likes to hear siblings? Moth, 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 moth. And he says moth, you know, caterpillar in the chrysalis or pupa. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. a beautiful way of talking down to her. Uh, that uh, you know that this uh, our other uh, you know much more dangerous um, in lunatic um, is becoming something. That's why I love everyone's fascinated about this because it's almost like a bio- biological experiment that uh, Buffalo is mm. going through in order to become something else. Mm. Um, and it's uh, it's a bit like aliens, isn't it? You know, you've got yes. the idea that there are there are movements and there are there are there are there are things that are beyond uh, psychological capacity. It's something that someone has to do in a physical, visceral sense. They are becoming something, and uh, Buffalo is becoming something that is not trans, not Anything else? It's it's something that is is frightening, um, and and new. And this yeah. is what is always bubbling underneath this film to make it so frightening. Well, and and the the, the film and the series of films they hold on to that idea of becoming. They 
it's it becomes very much a part of the Red Dragon um, mm. film, obviously. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it is, is that the one with the wheelchair that's on fire with the oh, on fire going down the, oh uh, the car God. park? Great, yeah. memorable scene. Actually, it's a memorable. I, I want to say for the the, the buffs. Um, I love the the scene where it, he's closing in on her in this particular scene as a quid pro. And uh, he, it's one of the great still, you know, shots in movie history is that he, his face is in the reflection yeah. of the glass while we're looking at uh, Clarice. And it's almost as if uh, it's her doppelganger because what he's doing is he's trying to get into her head. And in that reflection, you can sense that that voice is actually inside her. It's, it's creepy and it's, rather beautiful at the same time and hopkins there that it's a little out of focus because it's hard to to get the uh um you know the depth of field necessary mm. but it's just a little blurry it's, it's almost as if he is talking from her sensibility it's like yeah and you get you get the ghostliness because there's a double reflection because i think the perspex is quite thick mm. so you get that you get that repeat sort of shimmer Mm. Yeah, it's very, it's and very also the, the big clang of the of the when she throws it in. It says, yeah. well, if you don't uh, give us this, you know, you don't get anything. And she goes clang, and it's that, and that goes backwards and forwards as well because that breaks the uh, the almost invisible uh, transparency of of the glass. Well, it's got to be, yeah. you know, it, it's in the film. It's almost as if it's in the same room, but you get this clang, and that's used quite often, you know, in the in the scenes which she's doing because he throws they're throwing things back. The guillotine. Yeah, it's the it's the crash mm. of um, you know of the of the of the jail that he's actually in. But I also like the the way that he's being, you know, the, he's got a country not a country in Western, so a religious, um, you know, channel on that's going to go up. <laughs> be turned to eleven uh, when she goes. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, and the and the oh, we could talk about the. Oh, the dude who manages the the asylum, and it's funny in that. Yes, well, that's it. That's a power play between uh, him and, and, oh, and Hannibal. God. I mean, that's, all these things are kind of unseen. Yeah, that's right, and they end up becoming instrumental because it's more or less how how Hannibal becomes a free man. And without the, without the freedom of Hannibal, then their the story ends. I think essentially, uh, and it, and it was, you know, it was because what I like about it in their relationship in terms of Hannibal and Clarice is that she is the arms and the legs and the brain and he's, and he's, but he's more like the nervous system and the, and, and the brain, the bigger part of the brain, you know, he's, she's going out she's doing front, his... He said frontal lobes is what you said. This was like yeah, the Frankenstein yeah. last week that made me laugh. <laughs> he's the body and yeah, that's right. but it's a bit like that again we see yeah. that same sort of thing repeat it reminds me of that movie where um, uh, denzel washington plays a as the disabled guy who's lying in bed and he's got his quadriplegic because of some accident and mm. then he's got the new recruit who does all the forensic investigating of these horrible murders yes, I've seen that. <clears throat> i forget what it's called but uh you know it's more but that was a really blatant example of yes brain and body, mm. body, and and then, but then this idea with Clarice and and Hannibal is that obviously Clarice is a perfect choice because she's super intelligent. She's like at his level in some ways, with all it's, the vulnerabilities of being a poor, as he says, poor white trash, one generation, yeah, removed from that, and you know that, and she makes, she feels uncomfortable, and he you know, likes that. In fact, she's probably picked for that very 
vulnerability. We don't know the wheels within wheels and all of this. Yeah, and then the screaming of the lambs. The screaming yeah. of the lambs. Mm, the lambs, the Screaming it's, of the lambs. It's uh, yes, it's um, uh, it's a Beautiful. frightening scene. Um, I do like I do like about him though that he's a bit like um, again, I he's a bit like Alec in uh, in uh, Kubrick. Uh, is that when he's you know thrashing the guard to death, he's got uh, the Goldberg variations on. Yeah, the, the, the classical and, music. And, and he's and he's in absolute seventh heaven while the blood spattering across, you know, as the arm goes down, well, left and right and left and right, you know, just to yeah. beat this fella to a pulp. God, um, yeah. I, I find that you know that, and I know this sounds spooky, fellas, uh, and uh, sorry, listeners, that it, it is a sublime piece of movie that you, if you can do this and get away with it. Yeah, it, it, you know, like in a film. We, we haven't done too bad picking films where there are certain moments where it's really just comes down to the actor's ability, you know, oh, otherwise plausibility yeah. is kind of going to be yeah, a yeah. little bit shaky. See, yeah, and you couldn't have when you the Joker, the, the Joker, like Sean Connery could example of that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Sean Connery. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, Sean Connery could not have done this no, I don't think uh, so. with the same intensity because you need mm. someone who's got, oh, I don't know, you know. Uh, I keep saying that someone's got a sort of Shakespearean background. Sure. That may be true, but it it, it may be possible. But it's it's too that it's it's too. Uh, I don't think I could imagine Sean Connery going screaming, screaming, screaming of the of the lambs, the lambs, money penny, lambs. Yes, and he throws his hat and it lands on the you know on the hook, <laughs> you know all that sort of stuff. Yeah. It, you see, there's certain things that he can't do. Yes, uh, and, indeed. Uh, and never will actually, because you know of of, of his uh, current situation. He is uh, yes retired, I believe, is a polite way to put it. <laughs> and he's eighty something, and he's no, he's still... dead, isn't he? He's dead. Oh, he de he's dead too. Of course, he is. You didn't even know he was sick. No, he oh, is dead. they all happened. All happened together, didn't they? The whole, there's a whole gaggle of them. They're gone. Exactly. Norm uh, Norm Macdonald has passed. It's oh sad. lord! Very very sad. But anyway, hang on. Anthony Hopkins hasn't. Shane Warne. He's still here. Yeah. Okay. Shane Warne. Yes. Shane he Warne. was very good in Kath and Kim. Come on. I, uh, he was actually. He was. He was uh, very good at playing himself. It was deft, a deft version of him. Uh, he was, I reckon they. I think there's something about that where they're all surprised that he was so. As good as he was. As so good as he, yeah. And I, I suppose was. after years of just being in front of the camera, eventually you just forget that it's there. And I guess you find it easier, maybe, yeah, just to and, be yourself. And play yourself. And he's, like, I, you know, I don't even know how to text. I don't have a phone. <laughs> I, you know, to be able to pass it off is genius. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. And he was, uh, a, it was a wicked leggy. Anyway, but that's got nothing to do with this film. No, indeed it hasn't, unless, of course, Anthony Hopkins is a fan of cricket, which I imagine he would be because he's English. Of course he is. But he's Welsh, and that's that's a confusing thing. Well, that's it. I mean, uh, Boyo, uh, you've got to have, um, you know, a uh, a big um, in a team with no necks. <laughs> I'm thinking that's what he would like. <laughs> he would. He's definitely a rugby guy. Well, I, I, he does talk about sport. Which one is it? I forget now. Anyway. He's an interesting guy. Check him out on um, on Twitter. He he does all sorts of strange stuff. It's really funny. He's a real a real joke star. Mm. All right. I think we've kind of have we said everything about this. Not well, and, and, and I'd like to say just as at the end, without drawing it to another, you know, two hours. Oh god! It's got the the best. Um, this film, if you haven't seen it, you've got to see it, folks. Uh, is has got the best door ring, um, on the planet. 
Uh, and that that scene. Yeah, that it's got the best knock, 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 uh, or door ring. Um, which uh, you know the whole film pivots on this, and I think it's fantastic. It is to me, it's genius, and this is why it should get an Academy Award because it's a genius bit of piece of writing. And the and the montage and, and, and realization into into film. Yeah, Clarice is you know at the door, and you know it's a ring. Uh, and I just think that is sublime. And I yeah, but I, in the first instance, you think it's the SWAT team. Yeah, you're not aware that you think she's just going to go along and speak yes. to some and old biddy about sewing. I know you've carried yes, you've carried yeah. um, your, all your expectations onto one, and it just goes. Mm. It's a great, um, you know, uh, furphy as we say over in uh, in this country. It is. Um, I do. I will say one thing. I like. I reckon it all hangs together really well, but when Clarice is about to ring the right doorbell mm-hmm. in terms of finding the perpetrator that mm, is the, the, the wrong doorbell in many other ways but anyway <laughs> the right doorbell and the SWAT team are about to bust into the wrong through the wrong door mm. and then they realize ah there's no one here yep. the the um they all look a bit goofy don't they yeah they do the head of the of the of their little team the head of the cia the guys in charge of it i forget his name the actor brilliant actor um he's he just turns around and says starling yeah as if he's just realized that mm. she's probably going to bust through the wrong door and they're not there on the other side of the state and they're yep. right there on top. Yeah, in Pittsburgh. but i i do i do kind <laughs> of think wow he really made some pretty powerful, really powerful deductions very, very quickly to work out, oh, you know what? There's probably a good chance that Starling's going to be knocking on the right door. So he didn't actually know enough, I don't think, to be able to go, yeah, Starling is definitely. Well, well done. Well done. So that's definitely nitpicking the story. Yeah, no, 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 that's true. But I I think, um, you know, in terms of appreciating this film, and I will sign off with his observations, that when she's in the dark and he has these um, infra, you know, these glasses. Yes. And and she's there and she's paralyzed with fright with only a, you know, a, a gun, you know, the whatever they give him. Um, and he and he's so fascinated, he reaches out to her. You just see yeah. the arm, and then she shoots him. So he, he almost achieves what he sets out to do, which was to become maybe Starling. Uh, it, it is mm. one of those, and then he's shot, and he's and that's the end of him. And I think that, um, that jolt to our systems of 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 his life and how sad it must have been what uh, all up um, to die like that. Um, and yeah. for her to shoot someone in the dark uh, like that is just uh, to me is against, goes against all of cinematic, you know, past. Yeah. It's all, it's all done in the dark uh, as much as you can do it in, in film. And I find that, you know, that is, you know, supremely, you know, you know, good last um, you know, um, climax. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it lives in people's memories. I think, doesn't it? You know, if you forget everything about the film, you, you certainly don't forget that that sequence where she's <laughs> literally uh, about to be blown away, mm. 
and somehow manages to find her way out of it. And it is it is sort of sad. You end up feeling sorry for the Buffalo Bill guy. And, Certainly, yeah. And I, he's, I feel and he's, that he's a, he's a great extremely... actor. He is a great actor. And we could talk about him for another half an hour. We could. And that great song that he's dancing to, which doesn't come to me, but Uh, I just think that it should be on everybody's playlist so that they can, while they're stitching up a, you know, (laughs) knocking up a new dress. Yeah. Yeah. So to speak. (laughs) Suit of skin. Then you just uh, flick this one on. Yeah, (laughs) it's good. I think, um, I don't know, maybe I'll see the, we'll see it on Rage one night. I think so, but um, it's uh, it's really um, in his film. You could really say it's one lunatic uh, after another. Well, it takes one to know, one, it does one. doesn't it? And I like the way that the window breaks in the very last scene, so we get the sun yes. blazing through. Which um, I'm sure at the point the cinematographer would be like, "Oh, finally!" Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just let's adjust just the f stop back to five. <laughs> yeah. Exactly right. Yes, oh, that, that was hell. a massive in joke. That one, anyway. But at the very end, we see the sun, the window breaks, there's stuff happening, the dude falls down, he's gurgling his, his last gurgle, and then there's the American flag catching the few rays oh, I don't remember of that, suns but, uh, coming that, through. That would, that would um, you know, count, wouldn't it? I'm, mm. I'm sure it's done ironically. Oh, it's very FBI, but um, it's a nod to this sort of big kind of action finish you know the typical finish to a film that's got that big action sequence where at the very end when the the it has to have been raining the road has to be wet there has to be at least 25 ambulances yep and the heroes are wearing some sort of blanket absolutely and and uh, a jet going by um, with top gun in it <laughs> you know I'm interested in this. I mean, this this is just happening now. After 20 years, you've got another <laughs> Top Gun with the Americans showing off all their hardware, and I'm thinking, oh, Lord. Can but, you, but you know what? They, they sort of did something weird by having Val Kilmer in the original. Oh, he, and wasn't he good? I always, he's, and he was Val, a good man too. Uh, Val uh, Kilmer is a, is an Anthony Hopkins-style actor. He's a thinker, he's isn't he? very easy to watch. He's just so, so clever with the way that he he does things. And to, for him to be appear in that sort of high-end kind of full-on American Hollywood kind yep. of thing, and then they're like, well, what are we going to do with the second? So we have to have him back again. And <laughs> But, you know, good on them because – What because is he back again playing his grandfather? It, it adds gravitas. It adds, it it adds does. an like, actor like, dimension. Not no offense to, to yeah. Tom Cruise; he's a great actor too. But you know, Val he's a runner. He's got that something. <laughs> yes, he runs well. He does. You know, he he's going to do that in every film. It's uh, you know, it's a bit like Kirk Douglas always had to have his shirt off in every film. You know, mm. um, you know when he got it, flaunt it. Um, you know, and it's a bit like uh, you know. Again, it's like I keep saying, Gene Hackman. You, when you've got someone like, oh, who was yeah. also thinking of of doing it, buying the rights to it. Did you know? Did you know? Really, that, uh, De Laurentiis, I think, gave away the rights to this film because he couldn't uh, he did the first one and he gave the way uh, the rights to do silence of lambs and then and then he did the next one which was hannibal yeah set in florence yeah and made a couple hundred mil so there you go so what goes around comes around so uh, just another little bit of film you know uh, frivolity for you anyway you, yes, and anyway, Anthony, on, Anthony on, Hopkins is uh, just a a, lo- a gift to humanity. There I would like to say there's no film that I've seen that he's not um, been absolutely convincing. 
Yeah, that's right. And if you haven't, there's a whole bunch of them out there. The remains of the day, um, oh. Howard's End, he's great in Howard's End. And Howard's End's got some really challenging things for an actor to do. So, mm. And there's heaps of millions of other films too, of course. Well, I think he played, he, played Obi, he played Obi-Wan Kenobi once, didn't he? No. I, I don't know, but he should. He should. Too. Otherwise, we see him in a cockpit, um, Top Gun in. And I'd, I'd almost find that plausible. I, I could see that. He could play yeah. um, Top Gun's, um, you know, um, chief engineer. And yeah. he'd, make, he'd make a go of it. It would. He'd, he would. I'd see him on There's the nothing deck. can't do. He could wear, well, we certainly well, The know. last of the Indians, um, uh, the uh, the motorcycle one. Um, he he oh. did that one as a cheapie in uh, New Zealand. That's exactly right. He does everything well. Uh, there's nothing even he can't the, do. Even the knockoff ones, he does well. <laughs> and now it's just a hobby for him. How's that sound? Well, that's it. Well, oh, if you're 80, well, it should be. Indeed. And uh, and we fun, salute him for it. We do salute him for it because we're all going to be there one day. Am I Am I going to make to 80? I think I am. Well, there, Ooh. people always go, I'm getting there. And I thought, well, where's there? There is probably a six-foot um, you know, depth with a box in it. That's there. But that anyway, is. that's uh, to to actually live <laughs> to live on a chipper note. Um, everyone, he's still ticking, and that's the important thing. He is still ticking. We're talking about someone who's very much still ticking. And I mm. tell you what, um, when it comes to getting older, um, the only thing we have to worry about, Johnny and I, is that uh, we'll just be youthful forever. And in that way, I mean, just very, very silly. Hope mm. you've enjoyed this podcast, folks. And there'll be another one sometime soon-ish. We don't know what it's going to be yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, we, we're actually knocking it out during the show. So, so we'll be there. And we'll, we'll have one for you. Don't you worry. You cannot hide. <laughs> no, you can't. All right. Till next time. See you.